Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Hey, everybody. Scott Cowan here, and I'm super excited today to have as a guest my good friend, Jim Hunger. Uh, Jim is the owner and chief spiceologist for Belly Rub Products. Welcome to the show, Jim. Hey, Scott. Glad to be here today. Yeah, so Jim and I have known each other a long time. Uh, We first met when we were both working at Starbucks Coffee, and uh, we still talk all these years later. So I'm super excited to watch how his company has uh, grown and developed and his products that he's uh, selling throughout most of Washington. So Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit about Belly Rub Spice Rubs? Well, Belly Rub came about because I have been making the everything seasoning, what has become the everything seasoning, uh, my my uh, OG spice rub, if you will, all the time uh, at home. Started making it for friends and family because people who came over for dinner really loved it, and it became birthday and Christmas presents for a lot of people. People loved it so much that they kept telling me somehow I needed to get this out to the world. And three years ago, uh, I was laid off from work. And about a year later, I took on this idea. I am moving forward with it. It's a growing concern. And I love the fact that people love my spice blends and rubs. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I, we talked before this, you know, I've been at your house for dinner before and, and, uh, you typically, well, you never, your food never disappoints. Let's put it that way. Uh, and it's always got something interesting and unique, not unique, but interesting and different to it. It's simple. It's not pretentious, but oftentimes it's because of the seasonings that you're using on your, on your, on your food that you prepare. So you've got, currently you've got everything seasoning you've got coffee blend or coffee yeah coffee blend coffee rub coffee rub and you have your um bold and spicy and at the time that we're recording this you're just coming out with your southwest blend so you've got four blends now why did you pick these why'd you start with these well you know It was, as I said, the original one became the everything seasoning, and that really started out when I was a chef, and I would make spice blends and rubs to use in my food where I was cooking professionally. I was a banquet chef back in 1979 at the Arizona Biltmore, and we would do a lot of steaks and roasts. And we used a spice blend on those, you know, and it was the, it was the start of my interest in it. I then at home started making a spice blend that has become the everything seasoning. And as I said before, and it's great on everything. I use it on my eggs. I roast with it. I braise with it. I grill with it. I use it in the smoker, uh, and it's it really lends a great flavor to everything. But then I kind of went off on a tangent, and my second variety was the coffee rub, and my friends and family all thought that was an odd 
place to go, but it's become my go-to for burgers and it's really a great seller. People come back for that one over and over. There's a local butcher shop where I shop and where uh, they're, they're my best customer. And people come in and ask for the coffee rub. They specifically ask for the coffee rub. It's great on beef and pork, but it's also, you know, I didn't think of it for chicken or fish, but you add a pinch of brown sugar and it's terrific on salmon as well. And then I went with the bold and spicy at the behest of my mother. She kept saying, you need to do a spicy rub. And she said, people like spicy. Well, it's become a good seller as well. It's third behind the other two, but it's got enough heat for chili heads and it's not melt your face off. So you can taste the food through it. My my mother thinks it's the perfect amount of heat. I have a friend that the first time he tasted it said, this is heat with a purpose because you can taste the spices, the other spices in it. You can taste the food through it and it gives us an opportunity to have a little bit of excitement there too. Right. I mean, not that, so I'm not a big fan of heat. My, my kids are both of my kids, you know, and heat with a purpose works for me. That's, I mean, I've had it obviously and heat with purpose is a great apt description of that, of that product. Is it, Cause I don't want, I don't want to like cry my eyes out when I eat. My food. I, don't, I don't personally appreciate it, but I do appreciate a little bit of heat. Like I'm a jalapeno guy. That's about as hot as I can go. You know, where my, my kids are like, Oh, where's the ghost peppers at? And I'm just like, well, no, not, not going to do that. So then the new one, Southwest blend. Is that because you started your your professional chef career down in Arizona? I mean, where did where, where did this come from? I ate a lot of tacos. You know, I'll just say <laughs> it. I ate a lot of tacos. Tacos are good. You know, it's kind of like when someone asks, "What's your favorite food?" It's like, well, duh, tacos. Um, but I don't know pizza, pizza, pizza. <laughs> it's pizza and tacos. Pizzas and tacos. Pizza and tacos. You know, I'm with you on the pizza as well. But you know, tacos. I can come home from work or from a long day out selling belly rub and I don't feel much like cooking too much. So I throw some chicken thighs on the grill and wrap them in tortillas, put some hot sauce on and I'm a pretty happy guy. There you go. There you go. Uh, It's really hard to screw up stuff that you can wrap in a tortilla. Um, Chicken thighs. It's it's great on chicken thighs. It's terrific on carne asada. I get some strip steak from the local carniceria. And I don't have them marinated anymore. You know, they have a liquid marinade that they put in the bag. And uh, I just get it straight now and use the Southwest blend on it. it uh, it's really delicious, if I do say so myself. It's got a depth from the addition of cacao, unsweetened cocoa, uh, you know, directly powdered from the cacao fruit and beans. Uh, It's got, it's based on Wajillo chiles, and it 
also has some chipotle chile in it, and that gives it a bit of smoke and a little bit more heat. And then it's it's got a, a touch of lime, so it's got a little citrus bite to it as well. It's I'm pretty proud of it. I must say, awesome. So, because this is a show about Washington State and not about about spice rubs per se, one of the things you were doing last year and, and currently this year when we're recording this, you're not doing it, and I, I believe you'll go back to it, but currently you're not. You were doing farmers markets, correct? Yes. And so, you know, that's kind of becoming, well, not becoming. It is. It is a thing. Farmers markets are. I think there's 160 some farmers markets throughout Washington state. And yeah. I think in my opinion is that, that farmers markets have been a, uh, an amazing launching pad for many small artisan style businesses, whether they be, you know, spice rubs or you know, bakeries, coffee. We've seen coffee it, it, you know, there's all sorts of products available uh, people side hustles, you know, they're, they're doing this on the weekends because they're passionate about it. And last year, you know, you were, you were doing the Edmonds farmer's market. I know that. And I, and I think you were doing a couple other ones that, you know, but not as regularly. What? So from, from a, from a vendor's standpoint, why do you like farmer's markets? What is it about a farmer's market that was good for you? Farmers markets allow me to get my product out there because it allows me to engage with potential customers. I do sampling on unsalted potato chips because I I can't really have anything hot out there without being a prepared foods vendor. And then I have to jump through all kinds of hoops and this is a way for me to get that flavor profile into people's mouths so that they can understand, wow, this would be good on chicken or wow, this would be good on fish. And it, it allows me to see people a second and third time when I do markets consistently because they'll come back and say, I tried this last week. Now I want to try the other two. And this gives them that opportunity. I did Edmonds Farmers Market. I did the Snohomish Farmers Market. Uh, this year, I signed up to do Edmonds and uh, some Snohomish Bothell and uh, Puyallup. But I decided that without sampling, because we're in the middle of a pandemic uh, and there's no sampling. I thought that sampling, it was a big part of my sales and a big part of my engagement. Um, sales are good. Sales are good. But the engagement is, is, you know, I think very important for me to get my product out there. Being able to talk to people, tell them how to use it, use different uses that people may not think about. Right. I mean, and for speaking of different uses, you know, one of the things very early on, you told me that everything would be good on avocados. And my, my initial reaction is no, no, no way. 
and I was completely wrong. It's I had an avocado the other day, sprinkled it on. I mean, it's it's absolutely a cool addition to an avocado. So I think you're right. Being able to educate and inspire people's usage of it that is is important. So Belly Rub's currently in, I don't know, a couple of dozen retail outlets. And like you mentioned earlier, you've got one uh, meat market that you frequent and that I've been to. And I, I've literally watched it fly off the shelves and I've literally watched you do food demos there and, and have people lined up. And uh, I've, I've witnessed the, the people appreciating it you know, in real time. What's cool is that your your small business is helping other small businesses by you know providing them with an, another product for their for their meat market, if you will. And yes, a lot of these meat markets have lots and lots of other side products. We know that. But how have you found it to work with other small businesses throughout Washington? Are you are you seeing because you've been out lately? I know we've talked and you've been out doing more uh, sales calls, and you know those businesses are also kind of in the same situation we all are in. So how's the market been? What have you seen in your travels? You know, my focus has been on butcher shops and grill stores. And butcher shops are crazy busy. Every single one of them that I visit tells me that business is so good that they've had to cut some people off. Places that do locker packs have all said they've stopped doing locker packs because the demand was so high through the pandemic. They haven't started up again, even though we've started to relax restrictions and um, people are getting out more. People are still cooking at home for the most part. I think that a lot of people are still staying home and they're, they're using my rubs. And they're buying lots of meat and they're buying grills so that they can continue to do that. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that I stress a lot is that my seasonings are terrific on vegetables because I have people say, oh, I don't eat any meat or I don't eat much meat. It's like, try it, you know, put it on roasted potatoes, grill asparagus with I did bold and spicy rubbed green beans on the grill the other night and hit them with a touch of lemon afterwards. And they were fantastic. Um, I grill potatoes. I roast potatoes. Uh, you, It takes the seasoning very well. And people love those roasted potatoes. Well, and, you know, to tie this into the overarching theme of, of Washington state, you know, asparagus grown in the Yakima Valley was, I think it's just coming out of season now. I mean, it was definitely in season just recently. So you can use it on, on our, a lot of our local produce and, and it's a cool way of just keeping everything within, within our area, if you will, kind of staying local, uh, buying local, staying local, supporting our small businesses, which I'm a huge advocate for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think that's, and that's kind of a, a, a a great byproduct of this is like, you know, you can use it on stuff from your own garden and it's um, cause it is, it's great. We use it on asparagus here in our house all the time. And it's, it's a real, it's a real treat to be able to just keep 
keeping things local and that supporting small business whole thing right now. And I think it's, I think it's really important that we as consumers have, we do have a choice and if we can make good conscious choices about where we're spending our dollars and who we're supporting, it can make a big, big difference in, in our communities to these small business owners. And it's, it's not easy to run a business. I mean, it's, it's not, um, I think there's a misconception out there that you, you know, you make a ton of money when you run a business and, and while that certainly can be possible in many cases is, is we, is, and is we both know Jim, uh, those expenses, I'm not not making a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. The expenses, the expenses can can add up pretty darn quick. So I think that's awesome. And I think, you know, you go into grill shops and, and I, that that to me is an interesting, you know, I, I, I think about, I don't want to think about buying spice rub at a grill shop. I know that maybe sounds stupid, but I wouldn't think about going to my local, you know, place that sells grills and, and picking up a, a few jars of belly rub at the same time. So it's kind of cool that they're, that you're adding to their lines too. So, you know, you and I've known each other, like I've referenced, we've known each other a long, long time and we've gone out. We've had many meals together. We've had many nights out and all of that. When, so I'll put you on the spot where share some places that you've found through the years that you think are under, under known. That's really great phrasing, but you know, where's those hidden gems? Well, in Seattle, I love to go to King Noodle. It's in the international district and they do these. It's not like a Mongolian hot pot where you do the cooking yourself. What they do is they use a clay pot. They put rice in it and then they top that rice with vegetables or meat or sometimes both um and then they cook it at a very high temperature and then bring it out to the table it's delicious dish um i've had the duck there i've had the chinese sausage um and what they do is they layer that meat on the top of the rice and they put a half of a baby bok choy on top of that cover the whole thing in foil and roast it at a very high temperature, bring it out to the table with a small container of sauce, and you dump that sauce all over it, you eat the steamed bok choy, and then eat down through the rice. But at the bottom is the treat, because that rice gets brown and crusty in that bowl, and you pour a little bit more of the sauce in, scrape that out, and it's delicious. It's a hidden gem. Not many people know about it. And you can still even get in uh, at lunchtime, where oh, okay. it's difficult to get into a lot of places in the International District for lunch. I go to Jade Garden with my friends for dim sum. Uh, my favorite pho place is Pho Cyclo down on First Avenue in the Soto District. Um, for a nice dinner or even lunch, my favorite place is Il Terrazzo. You know, Libri- Il Terrazzo yeah, in Pioneer Square. It's liveried waiters, uh, white tablecloth dining, and uh, even at lunch. But lunch is much more affordable. Um, but it's a fancy place. And it, the food is exquisite. Absolutely exquisite. 
And then, you know, I'm not much of a fast food guy, but I have to say I'm addicted to Popeye. So, you know, throw that in. I love Popeye's fried chicken. And that's not a Washington State-based business. Now. I know it's not yeah. a Washington State-based business. You have to strike that. But I go, I, go to Popeyes. I go to Popeye's when I'm on the run. And, uh, you know, that's my junk food of choice. And that's I know it's not Washington-based, but, you know, I live in Washington, so I go to the, the locations in Washington. There you go. There you go. So... <laughs> Well, you know, it's, I like food and no, if that, food's I, good, I'm going to keep going. So, no. you know, junk, so how, junk food is part of everybody's life. Well, most people say 99% life. life, but you know, I like Zeke, I love Zeke's pizza, pizza, you know, okay. I'm a big fan of Zeke's pizza. I like Pagliacci as well on occasion. Zeke's is my favorite, but, uh, you know, and taco truck, you know, we talked about tacos. And yes, taco trucks are fantastic. So I've found some some local and, you know, I never know where they're going to be. But when they pop up at some place in particular uh, and say they're going to be back, sometimes I go back because I'm looking for. Them. OK, so what type of taco is your go to uh, at home? It's usually chicken or carne mm-hmm. asada. Uh, when I go out, it's usually carne asada or chorizo. Okay. All good choices, but I don't think there's a bad choice for a taco to be no. honest with you. And like so, I said, right. it's hard to screw up something you can wrap in a tortilla. Right. So to reference back, we met at Starbucks at the mothership. We were both in Starbucks corporate office. Where's your go-to coffee place in the Seattle area? Oh, that's hard. Hard to say. Um, you know, uh, I'm still a fan of Starbucks, but it's, it's not the best coffee out there. What was that place that we went? Diva Espresso that we really liked a lot. Diva Espresso we've been to. I will say this to circle back on the Starbucks thing. Um, I, I do agree with you that it's lost some of its charm. But the roastery experience was, oh, well, it was overwhelming. It was like going to Disneyland in Las Vegas all at once. And that was the best cup of coffee I've ever had in my life there. That iced coffee we had that time, which I'll go into at another another time for everybody. But, you know, nothing against Starbucks, but that 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 roastery is like Willy Wonka. I mean, if, you, if you're in the Seattle area or if you're in an area, well, since this is Washington, if you're in the Seattle area, go go check out the, the Starbucks roastery. You said Diva. That's a good one. Um, fundamental. Fundamental. Uh, you know, they don't have a um, a retail outlet. Uh, right. One place that does serve fundamental is Mabel's. I do go to Mabel's often as well down in the Ballard Crown Hill area. Uh, I took Scott to Mabel's. And they make a fine cup of coffee. It's yes, a they do. fun, funky little place that spins vinyl for their music and um, nice pastries, a comfortable spot to just kick back. And so I'll give a plug out to Mabel's. That's that's a yeah. good spot to go. Yeah, the Mabel's is a Mabel's is a nice, comfortable little coffee shop. And uh, with yeah, everything you said about it's accurate. 
that's that's really good. So let's see. From a music standpoint, because you're also a music guy, and unfortunately right now, you know, we're all listening to music at home, but when when you can get out, are there any are there any local acts currently that you're kind of finding interesting? Or what about local to you, you know, Washington-based, Seattle-based uh, music venues? Well, you know, I mostly go to shows at the Tractor. That's the kind of music I like to listen to is the type that they um, feature. They, mm-hmm. have, they have rock and roll acts. They have Americana acts. They have blues acts. Uh, they have recurring acts like the Cash Out, the Johnny Cash tribute. Um, they do a great job there. And there's a bar. They sometimes have seated shows. Uh, I've seen Dave Alvin there in a seated show. Uh, most of the time, it's you're standing up seeing shows. And I've I've seen some of the best shows I've ever been to there. But I love the Showbox in Seattle. Uh, not the Soto one so much, but the one downtown uh, at Pike and First Avenue. It's a great venue. I've seen some terrific shows there. Uh, not just music. I actually went to Lebowski Fest there as well, where you get to uh, say every line in the movie with 700 of your closest friends. Uh, every, everyone, <laughs> qu- everyone quoting the movie all the way along, but they had musical acts to open up for the movie. Um, Harmar Superstar and the effing Eagles. I won't say it, uh, but uh, that comes from a line in the movie, you know, where. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Le- that's right. <laughs> Lebowski says, not the Eagles. I hate the effing Eagle. So. Um, you know, it's that was a fun show that, you know, it shows that they do multimedia type of things as well. But those are my two favorite spots to go. I've been to a number of other clubs, some clubs that have shown that have closed down, unfortunately. Um, the backstage uh, is one that uh, I saw a great hot tuna electric show there back uh, when you could still smoke. And so the place was smoky and down in the basement and really loud. Electric Hot Tuna is is a loud band. We were having a discussion the other day and that was the the venue I couldn't remember. And I texted one of our friends and I said, hey, place in Ballard downstairs. And he comes back. The backstage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like. I was like the Ballard underground or something. It just wasn't clicking in my brain. I've seen some great shows. The the backstage was a great place. Uh, I agree with you. Um, The tractors, a fun, smaller venue. Um, You and a 200 of your closest friends are going to be really close to each other for the, you know, not right now, but uh, we, we've gone to, I mean, we saw the knitters there when on election night, when Eddie Vedder got up on stage and we were, you know, in the front, in the front there for that. 
Yeah, it actually wasn't. It, I I hate to correct you, but it wasn't election day. It was inauguration day when Obama no, was it, when no, Obama right. it was, was inaugurated. So yeah. it it was kind of a big celebration for a lot of people, and yeah. um, you know, no, but see, I mean, you know, we were there. You know, Eddie Vedder, you know, is just you know pops up on stage, and there they go, and it's it's it's. I agree with you. It's a it's one of my favorite venues um throughout the throughout the area um yeah where else do you get to see eddie vetter on stage on a tuesday night you know for 20 for 20 bucks 20 bucks exactly (laughs) you know and um this the showbox in pike is is a great great venue as well um there's yeah i like the paramount too though oh yeah the paramount i've seen some great shows there too you know i go there for musicals i go there for uh Music shows like Elvis Costello, um, mm-hmm. String Cheese Incident, uh, terrific stuff, terrific stuff. And you know the Neptune is yep. also not a not a bad little venue. Uh, the Moore Theater, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so Seattle Seattle has an abundance of these smaller, intimate venues that a lot of up and coming, so more we'll call them contemporary. We're we're too old old farts here who are reminiscing about our glory days, but you know, there's a lot of contemporary artists coming up and they can play these venues on the way up. And then for artists that have longevity that don't necessarily going to sell out, you know, key arena or the, the, you know, the big arenas, they can, they can keep touring in these, these venues and the Paramount's a beautiful facility. It's absolutely jaw dropping with the restoration that they did. Beautiful, beautiful building. I've seen, I've seen great acts there. It, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. One of the problems with the pandemic for me is my, one of my hobbies is live music. And so I don't get to go out and see these shows with my closest friend. Um, you know, I have great friends that like to go to these shows and we just don't have that opportunity at this point. The pandemic has affected us all. Uh, I don't know if it's, if it's affecting me in a negative way as far as belly rub, but uh, you know, I think it may actually be even a positive for belly rub at this point because so many people are cooking at home. Um, Not that there's really a positive thing about, a pandemic but people are cooking at home so it's working out for me and well, I think i'm happy about that one of the unintended consequences of, of of this situation this pandemic is that it's forced us all to slow down uh not by choice you didn't have a choice you can't you can't go out and so i think for a lot of us we are looking for ways to recreate the things that we enjoy, i.e. food by learning how to take the time to find recipes that are within our abilities that we can emulate at our favorite places. Like you said, you know, chicken thighs and a tortilla wrap it in, you know, there's, there's your beginning of a taco. So tacos are not complicated. They're delicious. They're not, you don't have to be a four star Michelin chef to, prepare a delicious taco. And I think as we are forced to be more purposeful in what we're doing, more, more focused, 
your the spice rubs or something people want to try because it's going to give them some depth, some some variety. So that's kind of you know maybe maybe a good byproduct is you you're buying people are buying it on Amazon, which it's it's available on Amazon. So as we wrap this up, where if somebody's interested, and if they're you know they're still listening to us, old guys reminisce about clubs in Seattle and restaurants and all of that. I don't know how you didn't. By the way, uh, you how you skipped dicks. I just don't know how you couldn't <laughs> how you couldn't reference Dick's hamburgers in in in. Uh, I'm sorry. I just really. <laughs> I, well, you know, uh, I do occasionally hit the Dick's uh, in Edmonds and uh, the one on Capitol Hill and the one on Holman Road. Uh, yeah. So you know. Dix has a place in my heart as well. I've lived in Seattle for a very long time and, you know, for 30 years now. And, um, you know, Dix is a Seattle institution. Dix isn't a Seattle institution. And so, yeah, I occasionally treat myself to a, a Dix. Yeah. I mean, just, oh, yeah. I mean, the Dix, 2 the Dix Deluxe, Dix Deluxe fits the bill. Yeah, at 2 a.m. there's no better food in, in, in my world than than going and standing out in front of one of those locations and you know, Dick's Deluxe fries and a chocolate shake. It's like, it's the perfect nightcap. But they don't serve tacos. Well, that's true, but all right. All right. So now that we just went off the rails, if somebody would like to find out more about Belly Rub and its various varieties, where can they find you? Well, I'm from Marysville to Tacoma to Clee Ellum at this point. Uh, I'm working on Western Washington. I am heading north to see if I can get some uh, locations further north for everyone. I'm headed to Bellingham, Mount Vernon, uh, Burlington in the next few days. And then I'm going to try to focus on the east side of the Puget Sound area um, and then start heading south on the I-5 corridor. So I'm expanding and you can also find it online on Amazon. We're working towards an online store for our website so that uh, I can fulfill orders that way as well um as i said it's growing we'll be able to uh fulfill your your spice needs we're coming up with new ways to enjoy it and we post on the website occasionally um and i'm even looking at a limited edition partnership with uh cured meats uh uh, company that uh, I've met through farmers markets and um, and holiday shows that sort of thing. Bob Blade at Salt Blade Meats um, and I are talking about doing that. Uh, it won't be in the next few months, but uh, we think that we could come up with something together that would be a lot of fun and do a limited edition salami. So. There you go. Uh, we're looking at new things and trying to figure out ways to expand. I would also say that 
um, if anybody listening has any recommendations of where uh, Jim might be able to, to, if you know somebody that's got a, a, a store that carries stuff that Belly Road would be a good fit in, please you should contact us. Let us know. You can also just go find out more about Belly Rub at, you know, bellyrubproducts.com. And he's also on Instagram, Facebook, you know, things like that. Um, so wrap it up. Thank you. I, this has been a lot of fun. You and I have known each other for a number of years. So this is, this is super easy, you know, uh, conversation for us to have. Hopefully our audience has found something of enjoyment and humor. And uh, yeah. So thank you folks for listening, Jim. Thanks. Uh, you got any you get the final word. Well, thank you, Scott, for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Never been on a podcast before. Uh, but you and I sometimes are on the phone for two hours at a time. So talking for a half hour was not difficult. Uh, and I can talk about belly rub all day long. If you haven't had an opportunity to try belly rub, uh, I would love it if you would. And if you have had an opportunity to try it and you make something delicious, that's my goal is for you to be able to make something delicious with my rubs and blends. And so, uh, post it on Facebook, post it on our page on Facebook, post it to our page on Instagram. We love seeing those things. Tag us, uh, you know, let us know how you're using it. I'd love to see that. Thanks very much. Okay. I lied. You don't get the last word. It's me. Everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope you uh, enjoyed this episode and that you uh, listened to us again, give Jim a follow on Instagram, or Facebook, uh, show him some love and we'll catch you on the next episode. Cause remember there's always more to explore. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.